0: Simply Said is the place we come together to talk about the simple ways we can live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world while we're at it. Are you ready? Let's do it! Hello and welcome. This is Polly Campbell and you are listening to Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about practical ways, and by practical I mean even the things that I can do to live well, do good, and be happy. And I'll tell you what, if I can do them you can do that. That's what we're talking about. Those little hacks, those little practices, those habits we can build to go with greater ease into our lives, to have more fun and create more meaning. And I'm so excited because today we are talking to Dr. Christine Carter during the S2 interview. And we're going to talk about living with greater ease, more joy, more fun, engaging in the life that you want to live and moving into your sweet spot. Welcome, Dr. Carter. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. Dr. Carter is a sociologist and senior fellow at the Greater Good Science Center in UC Berkeley. And if you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, that was my Simply Nifty because I love their website. I love the work they're doing. And if you want to learn more about these kind of topics and, and the things we can do, the research, watch the videos, it's like a pep talk on on your website. Go to the Greater Good website and there's lots of information there. Dr. Carter is the author of several books, including her most recent, The New Adolescents. And uh, Christine, I have a 13 year old at home, so I've got this book up high on my reading list. I am oh, I'm good. going there next. And you've got a house full too, right? Are there you still yeah. have kids at
1: home? Um I actually yeah, I still have two. Okay. At, that are at home, and two are in college. Okay. But yes, I have four teenagers.
0: <laughs> so, crazy, and and, and, you, I, and I
1: have to say, the ones that are away at college, I mean, they're, they're certainly less; they're lower maintenance. They're they're still all near daily interaction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think it ever ends. I my mom even, you know, I'm 50 years old, and I don't think it ever ends. So. I know it just gets more and more fun. I think. Oh well, that's a, that's something to look forward to then. Yeah. In your other book, uh, the one I really want to get into today that really spoke to me is called *The Sweet Spot*. And you talk about having being a single mother years ago and being tapped out at, at your work, at your jobs. And although the stuff you were doing was meaningful, you were getting worn out by it and it it landed you in the hospital is that how things started yes it did land me in the hospital although people hear that and they're like oh did you have cancer you know or
1: something (laughs) that's like really serious right and no I ended up in the hospital more on um, what I later learned is called a hospital fantasy right it Mm. was like I was just so tired and I caught every virus on every airplane and I just had every cold I caught turned into strep throat and, um, and at, at one point, one morning I woke up and my fever was a little higher than usual. And I called my doctor and I said, I think I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> and he said, um, he said to me, you know, you, I'm looking at your record and you have been on antibiotics for like a year and a half. Like we, oh. there's too many courses here. I actually think you're right. I think you need to go to the hospital. And so, well, well, I mean, you know, so then I go to the ER, it's a weekend, <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I wait forever and ever. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I need you to just admit me. <laughs> They're like running tests. Put me in a bed. Everything. I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to go home and make dinner for my kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I just need to sleep. I mean, you know that you've gotten to a low place when um you're a happiness and productivity expert (laughs) and you're having hospital fantasies because that's the only way that you can rest. And I also was really happy. That's the thing. Like I I was really, I was really um, grateful and my life was full of a lot of positive emotions, Mm -hmm. but I was just so tired, right? Like I, I just wasn't getting enough rest. And so I had to laugh in your intro Um, because it's sort of like the, even the things that I could do, right? Like I knew all the science around elite performance. I just wasn't doing it. So the Mm -hmm. irony of Mm -hmm. all of this was not lost on anyone. It it wasn't lost on me. It wasn't lost on my doctor. It wasn't, I live in a fairly small (laughs) town, but ER doctors were like, this is hilarious. Like I, you know, that you, that you're here. So it was a great wake up call for me. I mean, it was not without its difficulty, but it it wasn't like I almost died and then had a wake up call. Well, all. I'm
0: glad about that. But I think that's something we can all relate to. I was in the dentist chair the other day having my teeth cleaned and I was actually looking forward to it. <laughs> I, mean,
1: Cause I cause get to be in the dentist chair part. for 20 minutes. Yes. I'm like <laughs> quiet.
0: I had my earphones in, you know, and I think sometimes we need, uh, hopefully not a dramatic wake up call, but sometimes we need a reminder like, okay, we get to Choose our actions, we get to be deliberate in how we live our lives. Are we doing the things that make us feel good? Are we the pl- and, and I have felt guilty because on paper, my life is great too, and you know and i 'm very fortunate and I love my work and I love the people I work with and so sometimes I feel embarrassed when i 'm like well, wait a minute i 'm just too wiped out by today but but what you 're saying is that can happen. It's just when we're in that moment, then we need to do something to disengage and, and reevaluate things.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because I did reevaluate everything, and we can talk about that. But that, um, that moment was just over 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I, this last holiday season sort of broke all my rules and really got kind of out of it. And, um, everybody around me was really sick. And I, for the first time in 11 years, got strep throat again. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me at, at first I was like, Oh, what a way to start a new decade. Like I had completely remodeled my whole life and now here I am again. But it's an, it's an interesting moment of humanity, right? Like this is what it means to be human. For we sure. have these moments that allow us to refresh ourselves. And at uh, this time, it didn't have to be a full remodel, right, <laughs> of my life. You know what I mean? Like it was just a really dramatic reminder um, of what I already knew. And, we, you know, that's, that is, that is, you know, being a part of a common humanity, right? Like this is, yeah. this is what we do. We don't like change things. And then they're permanently changed forever that like we, we arrive at some perfect place. It's just not like that.
0: I like in, in the sweet spot, you talk about uh, why the biology of ease, why strength and ease are things we need to consider. And it hit me because um, rarely do we talk about ease, that it's okay to go mm-hmm. into life gently or to feel good. You know, I was just telling a friend the other day that I, I practice gratitude a lot, and I I talk about it on the show, I write about it. But it took me years before I tried it because it was so easy. I figured it couldn't be that powerful, right? Mm. Why is this huh. important? This this, yes. this this strength and ease. Why is it okay to let up and go with greater awareness yeah. and, and take care of ourselves that way?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is why I needed this metaphor of the sweet spot because we're so we 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 live in such a striving culture that is so focused on strengths and ambition and achievement and um, and our assumption is that those things are all difficult and uh, rare, right? Like, or that mm-hmm. you know, it's the, or elite in some way. But actually, when you look at So, this is a sports metaphor, which is hilarious because I'm not very athletic or not athletic (laughs) at all. But um, I hear actually a physics professor sent me some slow motion footage of a baseball player hitting a home run in the sweet spot, and then slow motion footage of a baseball player getting on base, like it was a good hit, mm. but it wasn't in the sweet spot. And the difference between the two is really dramatic when you watch it on slow motion video. In the um, in the home run shot, in the sweet spot shot, the, the, ba- the, the baseball bat doesn't move at all, right? Mm. It doesn't, um, I mean, it moves across, but it doesn't Um, you don't see any stress or strain on the bat in the same way that you do when you watch the player get um, a hit on base. The bat actually um, moves and a lot of times it will splinter and break, right? That's something that we're Mm -hmm. um, not unused to seeing, I guess, in baseball. Um, Same thing with um, tennis and a lot of other sports. There is this spot where it is the spot of greatest power, but it is also a spot of the least of, of ease, of little resistance and um, or little stress. And so it's this overlap between where we have our greatest strength, but also where we have our least stress or our greatest ease. And so for me, that was really helpful because I was getting a lot of hits, right? I was getting on mm. base, but my body was sort of splintering and breaking and I also wasn't hitting any home runs, Hmm, right? Like it's like the possibility that opens up when you introduce ease into the equation is much greater. And so to the overachiever in me, that was
0: compelling. The home run aspect of it was, was compelling. So the way to get more done or get better quality or create a more meaningful life isn't necessarily pushing harder and doing more than. No, it's not at all. In fact,
1: the sweet spot moves us kind of going for our sweet spot in any arena in our lives, moves us from always trying to make our most powerful effort to being able to access our effortless power. And I love that. Access effortless power. Right versus making a powerful effort. It doesn't mean that we won't ever make a powerful effort. It means that we won't hit a home run just constantly making powerful effort. We get too tired, and that especially as we get older, we develop enough mastery that um, that an effortless power emerges, and that that's an important thing to recognize. That um, that a lot of are the best human efforts look easy, right? They come mm. from a place of uh, great mastery and that that then um, it, it is experienced differently in the body and the brain.
0: Every time we watch the Olympics or something, you know, we're watching the ice skating and I'm pretty convinced that I could jump three feet in the air and make a triple turn and land on the ice without falling because it makes it look easy. They have all this power, but it doesn't look hard at all. They're not pushing against anything
1: exactly exactly so it is a place of great power and they have made they have made a lot of powerful efforts along the way to get sure. there of yeah. course right because that's part of the deliberate practice that they're doing but eventually almost everything that we do can be sort of lodged in our muscle memory and or made into um a, a habit or a r- routine of course that doesn't take so much conscious effort and that's where Um, The ease piece really comes in when we, we let go of just a a constant conscious effort towards something, right? Relying on the sheer strength of our willpower, that Mm -hmm. that's just exhausting. There's no ease in that. There's a lot of resistance and, um, and we get tired.
0: I like, um, first of all, you're not talking about sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. I mean, this requires some participation, right? To, <laughs> yes. To focus our efforts and, and figure out what it is we want. And if, if that's more time with your kids or if that's uh, a healthier body or if that's writing a book or whatever it is, there, there's got to be a moment when you step in and say, okay, am I creating the life that I want? Am I getting the outcomes I want? Am I feeling good about where I'm at? Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. In the book, you talk about another concept that I thought was really interesting. And, and you talk about ways to create more ease. And one of them is to you know, experience positive emotion and, the, and that we have to expose ourselves to things that help us do that. You talk about the concept of broaden and build to create a spiral of productivity and positivity. What does broaden and build mean? How does that work for me when I have a teenager who's freaking out half the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yes, get real. <laughs> they definitely need
1: it. I know, I know. But this is also your example of the ease of gratitude. So, here's, you know, here, this is why gratitude works and is also um, easy. So, broaden and build ref- refers to a theory um, that was originally created by Barbara Fredrickson, who's a, a psychologist and um, has done a lot of research on the positive emotion. And basically what she's shown is that the function of positive emotions, all of our emotions have different functions physiologically in the body, and the function of the positive emotions is to, um, to put the brakes on a fight or flight response. So we feel anxious or fearful about something, we get a fight or flight response, a stress response in our system, and we feel positive emotions, and that stress response is returned back to neutral. Our heart rate will go back down, for example, and our parasympathetic nervous system will be activated to kind of counteract all the stress in uh, our system. And, and And the effect of that breaking on the stress system is that our our perception is broadened. That's the broadened part of broaden and build. And um, it's literally, our vision is literally broadened in the sense that we can see more in our peripheral vision and we sort of take in more visually. But it's also kind of figuratively, our perception is broadened too in that it increases our ability to see context um, in any given um, situation and this really helps us adapt to our environment and sort of flow through things and it really helps us socially and emotionally and um, it puts us in a place where we are are more able to build the resources hmm. that we need for well-being so when you're relaxed and your perception is broadened you can kind of see see the people around you, read their emotions, connect with them more easily. It can can build resources in terms of relationships. Your brain is more primed to learn, so that builds resources. And this becomes kind of a nice upward spiral, right? The more resources you have, Mm -hmm. the better equipped you are. The next time you're in a similar sort of situation, um, that means that a lot of times you'll be less stressed so and it really is as simple as as like a gratitude practice or all you need to do is authentically foster a positive emotion and and that can be very easy and it we experience it in our body as ease because of the effect on Mm. the stress response it's having
0: when we're feeling good then that prompts us to do more of that as well and and this is about participating you have to begin maybe with the practice. Over time of of creating your gratitude list or the other practices we've talked about on the show, you develop habits that will support you unconsciously and show up to help you move into this ease when you need it most, often without thinking about it. Almost like we walk into the bathroom and brush our teeth at night without thinking about it.
1: Actually, that's my favorite example and how we can add things slowly to existing routines and um, we can sort of build them out. And then once you're kind of on autopilot, you no longer have to decide whether or not to floss, whether or not to practice gratitude. It's that decision point that is so fatiguing to us, right? We, As humans, we're really creatures of habit. And so we default, especially when we're stressed, especially when we're not in a place of ease, we really default to whatever our habits are, whatever we just do automatically on autopilot. And in, in in today's world, it's really easy to get trapped in habits that don't create ease. So like you get stressed and you just like binge watch Netflix, mm-hmm. or there's just a lot of temptations that are going to activate the reward system in our brain. And so take us away from um, building new habits.
0: In the sweet spot, you talk about five ways to find your sweet spot. And I thought, um, You guys check out this book because there's a lot of specific examples. There's a lot of practical, you'll see yourself in this book. Like I I saw me and, and one of the things uh, Dr. Carter says in the book, there are five things, five sections that she goes into to find your sweet spot, recess, return to routine, ease overwhelm, social support and relationships and tolerate discomfort. What do you mean by recess? What are we talking about here? You know it's hilarious because we talk about how
1: important recess is for kids, right? Like like when we talk about education and how it's just all going to pot, it's like, "Oh, and the kids don't even really get recess anymore," right? Like it's the mm-hmm. it's an it's really important for our overall attention span to take breaks. The brain cycles between energy states in which, uh, you know, brain states in which it's focusing. And then it cycles out of that into um, a different brain state. It's called task negative, then task negative network go, will go mm-hmm. on. And both brain states are really important for f- high, being high functioning. You can't have one without the other. And so we need to to remember, like, we, we've got to take breaks. And then these breaks need to be more than just like running as fast as we can to get to the restroom and refilling our water bottle, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not recess. That might be part of recess, right? Part of taking a break, but so too is, you know, taking, well, for me, because I mostly work from home, you know, I take the dog for a walk or I'll throw the ball for him. Um, really just letting your brain go into that sort of soft focus, right? Where you're not working on any sort of problems. It doesn't mean that your brain won't keep working on the problems that you were just working on before. It absolutely will. It, It becomes more active when you're not trying to focus.
0: I love that example. I love that idea because you're right. I mean, we make sure our kids get off the devices and get up and get moving or do something else or get a break after school. And uh, I thought that was a great way to to talk about it, um, especially in a culture when not even everyone takes lunch anymore. <laughs> no, know?
1: I know. And there is really good research around taking lunch. So um, in the middle of the day, taking a longer lunch recess, right? And that, and And it really needs to be away from screens. For your brain to be able to switch into the task negative network, it really needs to be away from a screen. You can't be reading. You can't be using sort of a binocular vision. So I I like to think help people think about this as strategic, right? I call it strategic slacking um, because there are really strategic times to throughout our our workday, for example, to take breaks. So instead if you're waiting in line for your lunch, for example, instead of checking your email on your phone or your social media feed, just look up. Right. Like you can chat with another person. Yeah, just so look long it's up. Climate. Yeah. Just look up. Right. <laughs> like so making eye contact with another person will calm your nervous system down a little bit. Our nervous systems doesn't don't like to feel isolated. And so eye contact can really help. Um, just staring into space. Um, if you need something to focus on, focus on trying to like widen your peripheral vision, right? Like really soften your focus Mm. Um, and then just daydream, right? Like daydreaming does wonders for the brain. It's very strategic to give your brain a break when you're actually not going to be accomplishing anything anyway. I think we don't do that because it feels uncomfortable sometimes to not be accomplishing something or to not feel busy, to not be kind of multitasking. And this is once again just because we live in such a striving culture, right, where busyness is a sign of importance and a sign of success and significance and so we can sort of feel a little unnerved if we're just staring into space and the important thing to remember is that it's very strategic those feelings you know it's like withdrawal from all the stimulation mm-hmm. it, they're very temporary if you can just keep bringing yourself back to the present or to your breath it, it'll pass
0: i took a recess yesterday and I freaked out for a few minutes. I'm working, I'm in the middle of a new project and I needed a break and my body was feeling tense and I was no longer being productive. I was making errors and I was feeling restless and so I decided I work at home and I decided to go out and um, I just walked around the house, took the dog out and then I just kind of sat on the couch and and meditated and just thought about things a little bit and It was really productive time. Like we have talked about on the show before, your brain keeps going. In in fact, it becomes almost more creative when you take the, the throttle off it a little bit and let it meander through the unconscious and do the things it needs to do. It's going to solve the problems you need solved. But it took me a minute to disengage. I went out there and I felt like, oh my goodness, everybody else is working 10 hour days and I can't even get through four hours. You know? so I took the recess and I came back later and mm-hmm. I had a whole new set of ideas and I was feeling excited again and, and I wasn't feeling so wiped out. That's going to be our Simply Start today. And every show, we offer a way to get started right now with these practices. Take a recess today. Take it right in the middle of the day. Turn off your screens. Look up. Think of this as like restarting your computer. It can do wonders for
1: the speed of your work and the quality of your work afterward. Because it's not true. It's a limiting belief that continuing to push through will get better results.
0: Simply start. Take a 10 to 20 minute recess in the middle of your day and let me know how it goes. You can tweet me at PL Campbell. That takes us to the Simply Nifty segment. Every show I talk about something that I love, something that's helped my life or made me feel better or something I just like. Today's Simply Nifty is your book, Dr. Christine Carter. Check out the sweet spot, how to find your groove at home and work. It makes so much sense. There's practical examples. There's ways of approaching these things just in the course of your day, which is going to help you live with greater strength and ease and a lot more joy. Christine, thanks so much for being here. Where can people find more of your work or learn more about what you're up to?
1: Thank you for having me. My website, christinecarter.com, all my books are there. And I do want to mention the the subtitle of the paperback is different. The paperback is called The Sweet
0: Spot, How to Accomplish More by Doing Less. Check out Dr. Christine Carter's work. And you can find me at P.L. Campbell and at Polly Campbell Author on Facebook. You can join our community there and sign up for the How to Live an Awesome Life newsletter. Easy peasy. Today, let's go forward. Start with the idea that life doesn't have to be hard to be meaningful that you don't have to be busy doing the should do's to be productive. When we start living with ease, not only do we find our groove, but we also live well, do good, and be happy.